This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Brothers and sisters, you have been called. You have been chosen for such a time as this. It's not time to back down. It's not time to throw in the towel. It's time to fight. And with every last breath you have, it's time for you to preach. Good evening and welcome to the Fivefold Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Weedman. And tonight we have a very special guest with us. Say special in a very, very, very... Uh, Go ahead. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> very special. Very special. <laughs> you got person. my attention. This is one of my best friends all the way from the state of Texas, Brom French Pastors, a great church in Seguin, Texas, life-changing church there in Seguin, Texas. Awesome man of God, awesome minister. I won't tell him that, but... No, I don't. Yeah, no. It'll get a big hit. <laughs> <laughs> Brom, it's great to have you tonight. Thanks for coming on our show. Um, just a little... Heads up, our our main focus is right in the title, just in case you were too dense to understand what the title was. <laughs> yeah, you better tell uh, the me. The five-fold podcast. We're 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 gonna talk tonight. I got some good questions for you. So uh hope you're ready for it. Oh, you know I'm not gonna have any good answers. No, I know. As long know. as we got the that level playing field, we should be good. <laughs> that that mutual understanding that yeah, exactly. my answers are gonna be garbage. Exactly, exactly. exactly. You never never have that expectation too high with you. <laughs> But before we get started too far into this, uh, why don't you take a minute and just tell everybody who you are, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, you did too much bragging there. So I, I, I am privileged pastor of church in Seguin, Texas, life-changing church. Uh, we started the church in our living room back in 2007, and uh, church is still going, and God's done some amazing stuff. I've been privileged to go on the road and help some churches out. and. Uh, Nothing like serving him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the main things that our focus is on this channel is the fivefold ministry. Um, you know, the uh, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, um, the five folds of the ministry that I, I believe that are still in operation is still necessary for the church today. Um, and so that's that's one of the things that I want to talk about. Ephesians 4 brings us the introduction of the fivefold ministry. Um, and the Bible says that he gave gifts unto men. Ephesians 4, Paul said he gave gifts unto men. Um, I believe there's a difference between gifted men and the gifts of the Spirit. Right. I believe that God has placed gifted men in the church today for the purpose, and that even Ephesians 4 tells us the purpose of those positions, those gifted men, those offices of the fivefolds, is to edify the church to the work of the ministry, to prepare the church to do the work right. of the ministry. And I, I know that you are you are a a believer in the I gifts so. of the spirit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a believer of the gifts of the spirit, and you're also, I know you're a believer in the fivefold. So let, let's take a minute 
And I just want you to kind of give us some of your thoughts on the fivefold and the necessity. Oh, yeah. I, I think that it's not a coincidence that we have people. Let's look at, for instance, apostles. You know, we have, there, there's a movement out there that talks about that, a belief, at least I should say, that there are no longer apostles, you know, that after the 12 died, then that was the end of the apostleship. But well, if that's, I, think, I think that myself is just a misunderstanding of what a, 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 an apostle, apostle is. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I think if we're going to look at that from a strictly biblical sense, when you get into Revelation, and it's talking about the last days, and in that, the Lord says that there will be false apostles. Well, did all 12 of them live all of this time? Because in the last days, if they're going to be false apostles, there must also be yeah. real apostles. You have to have a comparison. Right, right. Yeah. So um, each one of those play, each one of those ministries plays such a significant part. Now, I don't necessarily believe that we call uh, apostles apostles no, today. As a matter of fact, not. most ministries, and from my perspective, those that operate in the gifts and those that are used to prophesy or uh, the, 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 the ministry of an apostle, ministry of the prophet, Almost all of them, the ones that claim, like I am apostle, if I were to say I was apostle Brom, <laughs> oh, Lord. that is a sure sign yeah, I am I not agree. an apostle. I've made the statement to before, and people have uh, really loved it whenever I'm just straightforward with them and, and make the statement. <laughs> if you call yourself a prophet or if you call yourself an apostle, I'm going to guarantee you're probably you're not. not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in, in my, uh, from my perspective and what I have seen, those that actually operate in that ministry, other people recognize it and will call them that. Yes. They don't have to apply it to themselves. Well, I think, you know, the scripture teaches us that the gifts will make room. Right. Right. They're, 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 God's going to make room for your gifts. He's going to make room for your calling. And if you are called as an apostle, I know men right now, I could name men like Charles Scroggins, who I know he was a prophet of God. Hands down. And when he passed away, there was a, there was a void in yes. a lot of men's lives of that mine voice. included and there are a lot of men who call themselves prophet so-and-so there's no comparison yeah there's no right, comparison right, right. Uh, there there are still some that i i would refer to as prophets yeah. but they don't call themselves that and matter of fact they'll 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 argue with you about the title prophet yeah yeah absolutely so brother uh, barnes before he had passed away uh, I heard one of his messages. I never had the privilege to meet him, but I heard one of his messages. And in his message, he made a comment. Well, some basically saying, well, some people refer to me as a prophet. And everybody kind of chuckled because like, yeah, yeah. you are. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, there's no doubt about Brother Barnes. He, and, yeah. You know, it's a real deal. So here, here's my thing. Um, give us, Give us an explanation. Give us an example of a definition that you would that you would put in a modern day apostle what would mark a modern day apostle i think to some extent we would need to see some of the same uh attributes that were attributed to the original apostles absolutely right and so um either, you know whether or not we refer to paul as an apostle he was yeah. right he referred to himself as an apostle but well here here's 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 the thing too and, and 
uh, this is one of the arguments that I've heard, especially with people who say that there are no such, there's no such thing as a modern day apostle is they say, well, Jesus is the only one who called apostles, right? He, he, the people who he personally called while he was walking this earth are the only ones who ever were apostles by that definition. Paul would not be an apostle. Right. Because Jesus was crucified and gone. He had already ascended into right. heaven by right. the time Paul became a believer. Became yeah. a believer. So by that definition uh, of what people want to say that Jesus had to physically be here and call them to be an apostle. Right. There's there that's that's false. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree. 100% agree. So um, in my estimation, right, uh, what's an apostle mean? You know, uh, basically called Absolutely. Chosen, yeah. you know, an ambassador sent. Yep. Yeah. And so when you see somebody that is that's called chosen, sent, that's the that's all we need is a Absolutely. prerequisite. And so when you see somebody, in my opinion, those that are planting churches, starting churches, that that's the work Absolutely. of an apostle. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know? Training. Yeah. You know, and that's that's one of the things that I, I've I've grown very fond to believe is that. An apostle, modern day apostles. I know men that I would call an apostle, and they would argue with me. That well, yeah, that's a sure sign that they probably are. And they yeah. would. Uh, they're they're number one. They have trained up other ministers. Yes, they have taught. Yeah, yeah. other people how to be what God's called yeah. them to be. Like Paul had Timothy. Absolutely right. They have invested themselves. Yes. And so not only have they started another work, started churches, but they've invested themselves in the next generation per se, right? It, sometimes it could be somebody older than you, but you have poured yourself out and what God has given you, you have you have opened up and shared that Absolutely. to go further. Absolutely. And you know, when you look at the apostles, the, the 12, right? So uh, Matthias taking Jesus' place, they all stayed in Jerusalem, Yeah. right? They, they, they were huddled. Um, and if it would have stopped there, if those were the only 12 apostles, then there would have been no Paul who would then reach out to the lost. Yes. And there would have been no Timothy. There would have been, and, and the ministry would have died in Jerusalem. Yes. And, I, and honestly, and I hate to say this, but honestly, if it had been left up to the flesh, that's what would have happened. Yes. You know, God had to send someone who wasn't even a Jew to Peter while he was at Simon the Tanner's house, while he was in, in Joppa, yeah. God had to send someone from Cornelius's house to get him absolutely to bring him to the Gentiles in order for him to preach to the Gentiles. Yeah. And for that to begin, yeah. the apostles sent, but a lot of times apostles don't want to go. <laughs> <didn't wanna> go. <laughs> well, you know, that brings up a really interesting thing because we have Peter who is a fisherman by trade. Uh, not known for his intellect, right? When he was in Acts chapter three, four, five, yeah. that area, right? There's the miracle in chapter three. So it really covers the whole thing. There's a miracle in chapter three. Chapter four, there's a questioning of yes. chapter five, the revival's breaking out and the Jewish religious uh, sect doesn't know what to do. And but and they're, they've threatened them. Um, but one of the things they said was, this guy's unlearned and ignorant, yep. right? And so God sends him to the Jews who are learned and ignorant yes. or unignorant, right? They're educated. He sends him to there, there, and then he takes Paul, who is this very gifted. He's amazingly intellectual. He knows the Old Testament frontward and backward. Yes, I mean he he is the the, the, the supreme, right? He's he's studied under the most elite, 
and God says, I'm going to send you to the idiots. Yes. Right? I'm yes. Gonna, you know, idiots, I shouldn't have said that. But yeah, I'm going to send you to the uneducated. To the yeah, to the I'm going to send you to the unlearned. And th- that's just the way that God works. Yes. He doesn't work on our level. And I think that's part of the reason like those that don't believe in the apostles totally miss it. Absolutely. You know, because we as as professional Pentecost, right, we as professional uh, yeah. Christians, you know, we have God figured out. Yeah. Right. We, we know what God does. We know how Which God works. Which explains why we all bash Ashley. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and then here's the thing. God is going to answer a hungry heart. Yes. Cornelius was a Gentile. Cornelius did not deserve God, but Peter was sitting in in Jaffa. Yeah. Uh, a Jew by birth. He he had right. he had the right birth. Yeah, he had the right pedigree. And these un, uneducated or un uncultured swine <laughs> called Gentiles, right? Yeah. And this Roman guy. God is working on his heart and he has a genuine heart that is hungry for God while the other Jews are rejecting what he was hungry for. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things we fall into. And one of the biggest traps we fall into is that while we have God, because we haven't figured out, right, we're professional Christian, we're professional churchgoers. We we've been in church all our lives. We were born into this thing. We're not hungry for it, but yet there's a world out there that is hungry for something of God. And when God starts answering their hunger, we judge their hunger and what yeah. God is doing yeah. based yeah. off of how we believe God yes, should. Yes, yes. And, and because of that, uh, we don't see the revival we should be seeing. Yes. We don't see the outpouring in our congregations like we should be. Absolutely. Because we're too busy looking down our noses at what God is actually doing because it's not in our four walls. Exactly. You know, it's exactly. not with our friends, our preaching circles. And I think this is one of the biggest reasons why we need apostles today. Amen. Because if it wasn't for Peter going to the Gentiles, wow. right? Wow. That were hungry and preaching the gospel to the Gentiles yeah. who were hungry, baptizing an entire household yeah. who was hungry, having the visions that he had, and going back to the church mm-hmm. and saying, well, how, how do you know that they really received it? <laughs> because they received it the same, same way, way we did. did. Just yeah. because they don't have the same last name, just because they don't have the same pedigree that wow. we have, they still received it the same way we have. And if you don't have men who are walking in the office of that apostle, who are walking in the office of the ambassador of Christ, the one who is sent yes. to go to those Gentiles who are genuinely hungry to preach to them and baptize them. Right. And go back and be that mediator between the Gentile and the church. Yeah. Wow. That's why we have such a hard time accepting. Which totally explains why we have churches with such high turnover. Yes. You know, we, we'll see people come in. I, there was one church I was privileged to, to be at and I was the, the head altar worker. And I count, we counted, you know, the number of people that had received the spirit. And there was over a hundred in one year. Do you want to know how many stayed? Probably less than 10. You know, uh, we had a huge turnover, and part of the reason we had that turnover was there was no true apostle there Absolutely. to bridge the gap between the, the 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 new Christian and those that had the pedigree. You know, well, I've been in this for yeah. forty years. One, you know? one of the things that breaks my heart more than anything is to see somebody who's genuinely hungry for God to starve to death 
because somebody is unwilling to take them in and to say, let's, let's, let's learn together. Let's, let's break this open together. Yeah. And let's, let's get closer to God together. Let's, because, you know, we want them to go ahead and get like us, right. To go ahead and, and, Mm -hmm. and fall in line. Right. You know, before we'll do anything else with them. Yeah. But I think all the while, God, Jesus didn't stand there and say, go ye unto Jerusalem. Right. <laughs> go ye right. unto the synagogue. No. No. Jesus said, go ye unto the, all the world. Yeah. Every creature, every nation. And it, and I think right. it's important that he said creature. And I'm not talking animals. You know, God didn't. It, God wasn't telling us to go out to every animal like Bambi and start <laughs> talking to them. Right. No. Yeah. He said, "Everyone, because what is the thought of the Jew? Right, you're a, you're a, you're an uncultured swine if you're yep, not a Jew. Yep, you're a dog. You're a dog, right? Was what did Jesus say? Right? What business yep. do I have? Why would I give the crumbs from the children? Why would I give the children's food, the children's meat, to, to a dog? dog? Yeah. Because just because they're not in what we're in doesn't mean they're not valuable and important to God. Oh, amen, amen. And if they're hungry." You know, why do we think that we are so entitled? Yes. Uh, yes. Which, again, explains why God is going to pour out. I firmly believe that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, yes. whether we're in line with that or not. And look at what happened with the Jewish people. They had every opportunity to be a part of what God was doing. Absolutely. But they were so blinded by their own pedigree yes. that they completely missed what God was doing. I, I can com- I can entirely see that happen with our church culture today, where we're so wrapped up in it because it didn't happen here. Uh, you know, and instead, why don't we rejoice with yes. what God is doing? And my, my heart broke, honestly, my heart still breaks, um, especially with the whole Asbury revival, you know, because, and yes, I did call it a revival and, and yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to back down from that. You know, because I saw so many people who had who had Jesus name, like the revelation of who Jesus is. I saw so many people who had the truth of the gospel preached to them and they 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 apprehended. Right. They they possessed. Right. They right. Pro- yeah. or at least they proclaimed to possess mm-hmm. the spirit of God and the anointing of God on their lives. But yet they were saying, oh, we'll see when this dwindles down. We'll see. We'll see. This ain't real. This yeah. isn't real. You know what? My God, people are people, hungry and they're repenting and they're repenting. Now, I went to Asbury. I went and I, right. I wanted to see it for myself. And I saw I saw with my own eyes the hunger of so many people. Now, I did see because I went towards the end of the, the revival before they took it off campus. Um, I did see a lot of people coming in trying to organize everything. And, and now don't don't get me wrong. I think the organization can be a good thing. But at the same time, when you have people coming in and trying to own what God is doing. Yeah. That's when it starts to dwindle down. Right. Right. Because God is not something that we control. Here's the thing. I had I had some people that wanted to tell me, you know, um, you need to learn how to walk people through the steps of deliverance. You need to learn, you know, and I've heard people say that, you know, I can help them. I can take them through these steps of deliverance. Let me let me take them through these <laughs> steps of deliverance. And I could it, that bothered me. That always bothered me because yeah. God's a deliverer. He's a, he's a deliverer. I've laid yes, hands on the sick and they've been healed. I've laid hands on people who were addicted. We were preaching a revival in uh, up, up in Indiana. And this man came in and, and we were in the middle of the service. He come up and 
was praying for him and I asked him, I said, do you want deliverance? And he said, yes, I do. And he went out to his truck. He grabbed his all his cigarettes he had and he brought them up to the front. He ripped them all in half, threw them down, and God delivered him from, from smoking. Wow. And we baptized him in the name of Jesus that night. Yeah. And oh, awesome. God delivered him just like that. But when you start putting steps on things that are God's, you start saying, you, you start in a way, you start saying, I'm controlling what God is doing. Yeah, yeah. I know better than God. I know himself. better than God. Let me let me put you through some steps. That's hogwash, man. Yeah. That ain't that ain't how God operates. Yeah. God's gonna do what God's gonna do, and we ain't gonna do nothing about it. You know, <laughs> what it puts me in mind of what what the, the Pharisees said about the whole movement in the book of Acts. They said trying to figure out how to stop it. And one of the Pharisees had enough sense to say, look, if it's of God, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. yeah. If it's not of God, it'll go it'll away. Die. Yeah. And look, we're 2000 years later and it's still going strong. Yeah, I, I reckon it was of God, right? <laughs> well, one of the parts with, with those that were uh, dismissing what was going on was I think they completely miss the scripture where it talks about the angels rejoicing. Absolutely. One sinner repents. Not because, not because they came up and they, they were baptized in Jesus' name. Not because they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they but why? Repented. Because they repented. Yep. And all of heaven is, is, is rejoicing. And all these kids who were hungry for God and were, were genuinely worshiping God and repenting, and all these church people, these people who were saved, right? Yeah. Sanctified, delivered, mm -hmm. and set apart. We're, we're sitting back just watching. Can well, I wonder if this is real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're taking the... Uh, it, we're, we're watching as though it's a spectacle. Absolutely. And we're, we're the crowd at a football game. Wow, I wonder if this is real. You know, and if I, there had been a Like at a movie theater or something. If there had been apostles that could have stepped up and could have taken some of these people under their wings. I gotta be honest with you, I don't doubt that there were. Absolutely. I, you, I you agree. Know, I agree. God has a way. You know, you know it, and I don't I don't think we've seen the last of it. I think honestly, only time's gonna tell the significance and the impact that this time that they had oh, absolutely. in prayer. So we've got a gentleman that goes to our church. Um, church I'm privileged pastor uh, named Don. Well, you've met Don. Yeah. And Don was a part of what they called the Jesus movement. Now they just did a movie about it, the yes. Jesus Revolution. And I, so we went, we actually went to go check it out. And I know I'm extra liberal talking about that. <laughs> but we went to check out the movie. And, you know, there was, it was kind of funny because he was actually there. So he would look at me and say, Oh, look, that's actually, that is actually the house that, you know, a couple of different things. He was telling me what was true and what was it. But it, then before the movie, we're sitting at a restaurant talking and he says, or while we're talking, I say, Hey, you know, tell me your testimony. And he starts telling me how he was on LSD and he, he was having a trip. And while he was having the trip, the Lord started dealing with him and started speaking to him. And he, uh, and I mean, it was just a crazy, right? Cause this, this is all going on during the hippie movement. And he was as lost as you possibly could get, but God found him there and he found his way to, to that place. God wow. filled him with the spirit, you know? <laughs> and so of course we can look at it and say, well, yeah, God filled him with the spirit, but I mean, how do we know it was God's spirit? Because you know, they're Trinitarians whoa, after whoa, all. Whoa, 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 whoa. How do you know they got it? Isn't that the question that the isn't that the question the apostles asked? Peter? It sure is. And well, guess what? You know? The answer's still the same. Because they got it the same way we yes. got it. Yes. And and that's the thing. Here we are, two thousand years later, and guess what? You're not gonna receive it any other way. Yeah. You're yeah. gonna get it the same way the apostles got right. it. But then why are we doubting 
what God is doing Absolutely. just because he's not doing it in uh, how we're accustomed. You want to know why? Because they can't control it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, if the revival doesn't start in my church, then it's yeah. not real. Oh, absolutely. If I'm not the one preaching, it's not good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the mindset of so many people. And you want to know what another attribute of an apostle is, in my opinion? And this is just my opinion. Maybe, you know, I don't think God agrees with me, but whatever. <laughs> an apostle will set in order the things of God. Mm-hmm. What did Paul do? What? Why do we have two-thirds of the New Testament? Yeah. Because he Thank was you, setting in order the church. Yeah. Did Paul start every one of those churches? Not all of them. Yeah. No. Did John when he when John wrote? Sorry, I was to shaking churches, my head and just saying no. <laughs> right when John, yeah, they can hear you on the podcast shaking them, <laughs> shaking it, rattling that head. Did John when he wrote to the churches? Did John start those churches he wrote to? Well, think about no, this: the Book of Revelation. We have four churches that are named in the Book of Revelation. Yeah. Right. The four angels of the four churches. John didn't start one of those churches. Yeah. But yet God had a word from the apostle. Yes. To those churches. Yes. That set in line. You know what one of them words were? Get back to your first first love. fruits, right? Your yeah. first yeah. ministry, your first love. Right. right. Your foundation. Yeah. Because if you don't, I'm going to remove your candlestick. Yeah. What is the first love? What is the first fruit? What is the first? What is, what, what is the first calling of our church? What was our foundation? Our foundation was, was repentance from dead works, baptisms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins yeah. and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Those yeah. are our first first love. That's our first love. Yeah. Yeah. The first works. And it took an apostle to stand up and say, you need to get back to it. Yeah. Yeah. You need to go back and preach that again. Oh, man. So I, you know, I don't. How long is this podcast, man? Because I, I can just start going on. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Once we get to the 30 minute mark. We'll cut it off and we'll do a second. Okay. <laughs> this this so, may be a, a couple episode yeah, uh, well, interview. I apologize about that. That's, man, that's I all right. I, I'm, honestly, this is a thing I'm passionate about. Yeah. And and when I'm passionate about something, we're, we're not even off the first office. <laughs> right? We're still talking about apostles. Yeah, right. So for me, uh, talking about going back to your first first love, first fruits, I, that, that was exactly where the Lord started dealing with me, uh, what, two years ago or so, right? I had gone on the road and I preached. I met all kinds of preachers. And uh, when the last pastor resigned, you know, uh, my wife and I talked about it. And, you know, we had three pastors, a pastor of a church while I was on the road. And when that last one resigned, we talked about it and prayed about it and figured, well, we ought to just go back. I can't see that church collapsing. We've invested too much, right? So we go back. But I'm coming back with a new mindset. Yes. And this mindset is, you know what? We're gonna, we're just gonna let up on some stuff. And so, you know, we're we're not gonna preach it as hard. We're not gonna preach it as straight. And uh, we we we're just gonna, you know, we we're gonna have a big door, you know. And so we we kind of we did that, and we had we had some people coming that weren't hungry, that didn't want the del- the deliverance that they desperately needed, and uh, the Lord got a hold of me pretty severely, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was driving down the road. As a matter of fact, I was, I was battling depression. I was uh, just kind of the end of my rope. I didn't know what to do. And I was driving down the road. The Lord spoke to me and told me, you need to pull up your pastor, your old pastor when I was, when I was growing up. 
and you, you can pull him up and listen to him preach. So I pulled up somebody else and listened. Him. And uh, when, it, when it was over, the Lord spoke to me and said, that's not what I told you. You know, you need to go back and pull up your old pastor. So I eventually I went back and pulled, pulled up my pastor, my chance, and I'm listening. And while I'm driving, I'm going to or from Austin uh, back to the Seguin area. And while I'm listening, the Lord starts dealing with me and uh, found a place right there in the middle. Of, anybody driving past me would have thought I lost my mind, man. I'm crying, tears streaming down my face, speaking in tongues as, as God was correcting me. And basically what he was saying was you need to get back to your first fruits. You need to get back to your first love. And at the moment, so I, I went to the church, said, hey, we're going to have a revival. I didn't call it that. So we're going to have a revival. But during this revival, we are not, um, we're not inviting anybody. We don't want anybody to come. It's the only revival we're ever going to have where we tell you don't bring anybody. And uh, so we, we had it. And I will be, and as a matter of fact, I was going to have somebody else come and preach. And I, I talked to the Lord, said, you know, you just tell me who you want to come and we'll have them come and Lord will correct this. Lord spoke to me and said, well, they weren't the ones that took the church down this road. That was you. You're going to have to be the ones going to correct the ship. And so I, we, man, we had a, an amazing move of God and immediately the church started growing. I mean, it was that same, it was that first service that we had guests the first time coming. And it would be just a couple of weeks later, we would have another one. And you know what I'm preaching? The first works. You know, I'm, I'm preaching the first fruit. I'm preaching first love. I'm, I'm preaching Holy Ghost. I'm preaching baptism in Jesus name. We had, we had one guy come and tell me, he, he, he would say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm Trinitarian. You know, I, and it was, man, that's awesome. You know, the, <laughs> probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. But he, he said, you know, I'm Trinitarian, but you know, I believe there's only one. You know, but I, but I'm still Trinitarian. So I was, all right, all right. So the Lord started dealing with me. Said, you need to preach a series, teach a series on who I am, basically. And so it was going to be a long series, man. You know, because we were going to get into modesty, we were going to get into you know tithing, we we're going to get into the whole thing. I felt the Lord impress me. No, this doesn't need to be that long. <laughs> so we we did repentance and we did baptism in Jesus' name. But before we did baptism in Jesus' name. We did Who is Jesus? We did. We did Jesus. And uh, while we were in the middle of doing that, I mean, it was just a, almost immediate. The same guy that was telling me, well, I'm, I'm Trinitarian. Now he gets up and he tells the church as plain as all get out. There's only one God and Jesus <laughs> is his name. You know, here's the thing, too. And, and God, God brought growth in that, right? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yes, not absolutely. And here, it, we'll cut this off here in a second. We'll get into a part two here in a minute. But, you know, look at the, the book of Revelation, chapter two. When God is writing to the church of Ephesus, he says, he says this. He says, um, remember, therefore, from which thou hast fallen, fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come to thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. And you, you think about that for a minute. And you're like, well, okay, uh, do your first works. Well, what is, what is our first works? What is, what is the first works in Hebrews? Uh, the writer of Hebrews tells us what that is when he says, not laying again, the foundation of repentance from dead works, 
faith towards God, the doctrine of baptisms and the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened to have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good works of God and the powers of the world to come if they should fall away and renew them again unto repentance to renew them again unto repentance. So John is writing to the book of, uh, to the church at Ephesus the exact same thing that was being addressed by Hebrews. And what God is saying in Revelation is, look, you've fallen away from your first works. You've fallen yeah. away from preaching of repentance. You don't preach repentance anymore. You need to get back to preaching yes. repentance. Yes. You don't preach faith towards God anymore. You need to preach faith towards, you know, because we got our perfect little sermons and our, our series that we come out. Oh, now, I'm not talking about your series you just had. Right, you know, right. but I mean, we, you, you got to admit a lot of churches are going towards, you know, our self-help rather than God help. Right. Absolutely. And Absolutely. anointed singing has, has, has been replaced by songs of entertainment yeah. and the, you know, the, the preaching and the falling of the anointings of God and the, the, the pouring out of the spirit has been replaced by lights and cameras and, 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 and people yeah. who yeah. are entertainers rather than ministers of the gospel. And I think God is calling out the apostles of today to stand up and to remind the church to return to those first works. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. That is the real place for the yes. apostle. And yes. if ever we needed apostles, we need them today. Um, I mean, just look at our culture. Yes. We've got to have, yes. we've got to have apostles that are uh, willing to step up. Absolutely. You know, and, and have that boldness. You know, one of the things that the apostles did was when they were, under persecution during that same time that I talked about between chapter three and chapter five. Yes. When we get into chapter four, Peter and John have, have come back, right? And they, 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 they've gone in and the apostles, uh, they're praying, right? The, the, they're praying, but what they're praying for is not God lighten our load. No. But no. they're praying for boldness. Yes. To preach. So, yes. And, and that's where we're part of the, reason we're missing it today is God has spoiled us so much oh my gosh, that yes. we think that he's a genie. You know, we just rub this little bottle and he's going to, all of our problems are going to disappear. Yeah. yeah. God, God's become the celestial pizza boy. You know, we want it in 30 minutes and we want it hot. Yeah. And if it's good, we'll give him a 10% tip. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's the thing. And, and here's the thing about apostles. You know, yeah, I know the argument. I know the argument. You now, apostles bring the word. Apostles are the ones who wrote the word. But that wasn't the only job of the apostle. Right. No, do I think that God is still writing scripture today? No, we've got the scripture. We've right. got the right. scripture. There's nothing on top of the scripture, nothing to add to it, nothing to take away. Matter of fact, if you add to it or take away, my Bible says that it'll you'll be, be cursed, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that you're saying it'll be taken away from you in the end, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. Apostles should be setting things in order in the church. And I think the reason why the church is so weak is because of the lack of the strong leadership of an apostle. Yes, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And so that's all we got time for with this part. Um, what we'll do is we're going to end this here. And I want to say thanks for joining us tonight. We've only got through the first office. <laughs> Are we, we got all five the of office. these? We might. I don't know. We're going to be up all night. Oh, boy. Hey, thank you guys for joining us on the Fivefold Podcast tonight. I hope you have enjoyed what you've heard. I look forward to releasing next week's episode. We'll still involve my good friend, Brother Brom French, 
and we'll be going over the office of the prophet. You don't want to miss it. Fivefold podcast. God bless. Thank you.